today brought to us by uh, our pastor, Steve Andrews, and it's entitled, Herein is Love. Greetings to all those who are tuned in to us today. I, I'm one of those that really do like to have people here, uh, to have brethren that gather together on the Sabbath day as commanded in there. I got to thinking as Matt was making those comments that uh, down through the history of not only the Jews but of the church, We've had uh, many times in which people have had to, to go into their own homes, um, maybe even to go into hiding to keep this way. And so consequently, it's interesting that uh, we have a situation with this, this virus that's going around and uh, limiting 10 to, a, uh, to an area. So here we are about four or five of us here today and uh, gathering together for, for this message. I'm glad that Rick decided to sit out here and, and, and Matt out here. He took the last uh, chair and, and, and Matt's in the front. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that's, that's kind of interesting, and I don't know, they still haven't figured out exactly what's going on with this virus. But I got to thinking, if, they, if this really was uh, an animal-to-human transmission than a human-to-human transmission, uh, the Chinese people would, would benefit greatly from the Old Testament and Leviticus 11 and clean and unclean and understanding the truth of that. And as Matt said, one of these days, this kingdom that's going to come to this earth will teach those basic things and that will eliminate a lot of that. Of course, God will also be healing and taking care of people. And so we, uh, we hope that we're in that kingdom and we'll be able to, to, to be a part of that. I also wanted to, in this time, people may have fears. I know there's fear of finding certain, certain items on the shelves. Uh, I, can't, I still haven't hard, hard, have a hard time understanding where... Uh, the uh, hoarding of toilet paper comes from. I can understand maybe the hoarding of uh, things like hand cleaners and stuff like that. <laughs> um, eggs are missing, toilet paper's missing, and so consequently, I think people have a tendency to um, get fearful. And I think this is a time in all of our lives in which we we need to turn our fear into hope and look forward to um, and, and put all that into Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, he says that his burden is light. I, I want to read that in Matthew 11. Uh, this is not essentially part of my message, but I had a couple of scriptures before I got started because uh, I was thinking about this. In Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, is what he says. Take my yoke uh, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so consequently we can do that. We can take our, our fears, our, um, what concerns that we have directly to the throne of God. And we're going to talk about that today because we have an advocate that sits at the right hand of the, uh, of the Father in heaven. So we can also talk about that today because um, Jesus Christ has, is herein, is love. I have one more, and it's one that I've turned to many, many times over the years when there has been situations in my life in which I've uh, just felt like just overwhelmed by different things that have come along. And that's Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and in verse 13. And it's just one verse here. There has no temptation. That means a trial or test taken you by such as is common to man. So when we have something that's common to man, we have a virus that's affecting uh, a lot of countries and a lot of places all over. And so we are involved in that. We are part of that. And, but the Bible says uh, that it's common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with that temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I'm hoping and I'm praying this week that this will be a beginning of the end of this virus and that they'll find some way, but even if it isn't, I'm praying that that there will be a lot of safety going on, especially our brethren, uh, that you all will be safe out there, that you will be able to, uh, to weather through this as we have done it many times before. There has been many different viruses over the years, and, and I, I, I've been through most of those. Uh, and taken, I took one shot one time, and the shots were killing more people than the, than the virus was, but I'm not sure in this particular case um, what, what the situation will bring. So anyway, my, my next thought was Passover coming up. And so my concerns and my thoughts were wanting to, to, to bring something, uh, what I would call pre-Passover, in, to the, uh, today on the sermon. And so I'm going to turn to 1 John. The, and in fact, 1 John is where I'm going to stay in today. I think 1 John will be uh, a very good place as a pre-Passover set of scriptures, and I'm hoping that it will be a blessing to everyone that tunes in and to the few that are here today um, to listen to my message. In 1 John, the the fourth chapter in verse 10, because we're going to go back uh, to it, but I wanted to to pick it up here. Herein is love. That's my, my theme. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Or that atoning sacrifice, that atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now we know that uh, this particular holy day coming up, we look at uh, the sins, the things, we have the Passover is that time in which we can reflect. I uh, <laughs> was going by a, a church recently, and upon their marquee, they had the words reflect, review, and then repent. I'm not sure about the review, but I can understand the reflection. 
Uh, that's one of those things that we do every year. We, we, we think about the year that was passed before Passover. We, we, we reflect on that. What's our life been? What's, what's happened in our life? And so we reflect on that. And if we need to repent, do, this is a good time to do that. This is a good time to renew our relationship with God. This is a good time to change our attitudes and our feelings and to renew that relationship. In 1 Corinthians, uh, which will be read quite a bit during the holy days, but in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. I think it's very important to understand that Christ is that Passover that was sacrificed for each and every, every one. Uh, all over the world, everyone can come and be a part of the glory that's coming to this earth through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's go back to First John, and let's look at some scriptures in there. I'm not sure I'm going to get through all of this, but I, I would like to, to, to go through a few of these. I think as I was reading it, I got to think, well, this is, he wrote this in 98, um, um, the Common Era, I think that's what they call it, 90, um, we call it 90 A.D., and he comes off as a father talking to his children. In fact, he uses that a lot in this, this letter that he wrote. And my little Bible has a, a little box in it. It's kind of an interesting little box. If we walk in the light. That's what it is. kind of like, this is, this is kind of the theme of this first John. If we walk in the light. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. Bear witness and show, the, uh, show to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifest to us. John definitely was one uh, that Jesus loved and also, he was the one that gave his mother the responsibility for his mother to John. And so, his writing here in this book um, kind of reaches out and talks about the love of Christ and the, the, the sacrifice and the different things. And also talks about our relationship to Jesus Christ. He says, that which we have seen and heard declare we to you that you also may be, have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. As we, as we come upon those days, of, we're coming close to the, the holy days, uh, we need to get closer to the Father and the Son. Uh, we know to understand uh, our relationship, a deeper understanding, a deeper relationship with Him. Uh, these things we write to you, that your joy may be full, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's interesting. We, um, sometimes when, when trials and tribulations come along, 
there seems to be like a darkness that, that, that comes over it. I mean, you just think about what's happening in the world and what's happening in the United States. It does seem like it's a, a lot darker, but if we focus on Christ, we focus on the light, we will always look to the future. We will always look to the fact that things will work out because the kingdom of God will come onto this earth. And the glory of Jesus Christ will come. And we'll, we'll see that. We'll be in that glory. Those of us who have God's Holy Spirit, He will re- <coughs> resurrect at that time or we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. So, beginning of verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He is, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And we even sing that song about the blood of Jesus Christ. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we, we have to understand that this is a process, a yearly process. It's also an ongoing daily process. That if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Because all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. And that was in Romans, the third chapter, and Paul said that. But we also know that, that John says that also um, in, in the scriptures here. So let's keep, keep going here. Um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I'm going to try to use the, the backboard so that I'm, I'm focusing on those of you who are really uh, tuned in to, to us today. And I'm, I'm just hoping that uh, this message will be encouraging uh, as well as preparatory for, the, for this coming Passover and Days of Unleavened Bread that we're looking forward to. So if we, if we, um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. That's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we want to hide sin. We, <laughs> sometimes the things that we do, we, we like it, and so we want to hide it. We don't want anybody to know that we've, we've sinned. But God knows <laughs> God sees all. Jesus says, sitting at the right hand of the Father, they know what we're doing. And so if, we, if we're not willing to confess that God knows that we, we, we've sinned, God, God knows that we've uh, done this, and so consequently, we're deceiving ourselves if we don't confess those sins. And sometimes they're usually, and they keep on going, but that's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to say, well, let's, Let's really look at ourselves. Let's really take some time before the Passover. And let's look at ourselves and let's say, what can I do to change that? What can I do to change my character? What can I do uh, to overcome my weaknesses, the things that I have that are really inter- keeping me from really being um, a righteous person? And we're going to talk about that because he talks about that here in First John. It's interesting in chapter 2, he says, my little children. I, I, it, it's interesting how he brings this fatherly character into this book. My little children, these things I write to you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. 
Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ the righteous. He is our goal, by the way. It's Jesus Christ. That righteousness of Christ is our goal in everything that we do. But I think the thing that really stands out here, a defender, a defense attorney that sits at the right hand of the Father. You can't have a more powerful defense attorney than Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. Those that reject the Bible, those that reject this idea, those that reject that, sometimes you wonder, um, do, you, do you not want that advocate to pray to the Father? Please be uh, more lenient. We know that his weakness, and he has weakness. I, I want you to be more lenient with him. Uh, I shed my blood that those sins could be covered. And so he sits at the right hand as our, our defender. He is the propitiation for our sins. That is, um, I think in, in the, I have a couple of things here. It says appeasement or, or legal satisfaction for our sins and for ours only, but not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. What a great thing, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I mean, sadness that, we, that he had to be sacrificed, but also the power now that he has at the right hand of the Father as our advocate. And because that blood of Christ is shed, we don't have to worry about having to go and kill a, a lamb or kill a, a, a goat or kill a, a young calf. We have that sacrifice. That is Jesus Christ. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And he, sa- he that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. I think this is complete, very important that, that we really believe those things that Jesus has, has taught and uh, those things that he has uh, given. Let's look uh, at verse, verse 8. Uh, uh, but... Whoso keeps his word, in him, verily, is, uh, is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also uh, to walk even as he walked. So, this abiding is an interesting thing because Jesus used that. And I'm going to go to that. Uh, I, I could have read a few more verses. I could put this in at, at any point here. But I thought maybe I might uh, t- turn to this abiding uh, in... Um, well, I'll make sure where I, where I put that. No, this, I know where it's at. It's in John, John, the 17th chapter. We read it every year. I should know right where it's at. And the 16th. No, the 15th chapter. Sorry about that. Uh, John, the 15th chapter. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. And so he says, abide in me. Abide in me. 
and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. This, is, this was an important point in the last messages that Jesus gave before his crucifixion. And, and it means to remain in Jesus Christ. How important it is to abide or remain in Christ. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide in me, um, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered forth, uh, withered, is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And so we see that by abiding or being uh, close to, to Jesus Christ, abiding in all of his words, keeping his commandments, and bearing fruit, bearing that fruit, love, joy, peace, all of the fruits of the Spirit, and bearing those fruits, we are, and we are his children, we are his disciples, we are a part of what he is planning for the eternal, uh, for us in his kingdom, for eternal life, and all of those wonderful things that the Bible talks about and we look forward to. So let's go back to that second chapter. And let's keep, uh, let's see. Let's pick it up in verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have from, had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true. In him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that says he is in the light and hates his brother. He, uh, he says that he's in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness even until now. He that loves his brother and abides in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Uh, but he that hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and knows not whether he is again because that darkness has blinded his eyes. It's interesting how hatred can, can really build up and, and affect the mind and can change the perception of especially a brother in, in, in the church and can, can change that perception of them and make it very difficult in your life. Hatred is, is something that, that, that if not taken away and dissolved can build and become uh, overwhelming in your life. Let's look and see what Jesus said in Matthew, the, the fifth chapter. Because he made this point about um, in verse, verse 22... He says, I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause uh, shall be in danger of the judgment. He says, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say you fool shall be in danger of the hellfire. 
it's kind of like they seem like they're getting less and less, but where does it start? Where does it start? It starts in the heart, and the hatred builds up. And if it's not put out with love, concern, and all of those, it builds until it becomes a danger both to that person who is, has that hate and to the person who is hated. We've seen that so much in society today. It seems like there is a lot of hatred, a lot of animosity going on. Sometimes we wonder if Satanism being turned loose upon uh, a whole world and the hatred is beginning to build. We need to have Jesus Christ in our life. We need to, to understand the principles that are being taught in the book of John and the principles that Jesus taught while He walked on this earth. He says back in 1 John verse 12, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. And I write to you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. And I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. And I write to you little children because you have known the Father. This is an, this is an, uh, an apostle who is probably sitting um, on the island of Patmos, whether he's already had the revelation or that revelation is coming from Jesus Christ, but he is writing this from his heart to all who would come along. I mean, it is like this, uh, this epistle is for us today. I mean, this is so powerful, these, these things. Fathers, young men, and uh, know the true Father, God, God the Father. He says in verse 14, I have written to you. Let's see if I can written unto you fathers. Because you have known, that is, uh, from the beginning, and I have written unto you young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. I'll tell you what, this scripture should be memorized. And we should believe what it says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. At this, at, at this time, what do we have in our life that really is separating us from God? Do we have some love of the world that separates us from God, that separates us from Him? We need to, to purge that out, just like the, the Days of Unleavened Bread talk about purging out. We need to purge out that old leaven, that, uh, the world that, that affects us, that really is taking us over. He says... Um, he says, for all that are in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Next one. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. I think... Those verses should be very much in our heart. Understanding that God wants us to be apart from the world because the world is going to pass away, the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. That abiding forever means we're going to be in the kingdom. We're going to be eternal beings. 
we're going to be teaching the principles and the truth that's in the, in the Bible. He goes on to say, little children, again, the father, a fatherly reach out to his children that will come along afterwards. As, you know, as an apostle, someone that, that knew Christ, someone that was there when Christ was crucified, he really has that feeling for uh, what is needed in our life. Little children, it, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is in the last time. Now at that time, it has not come about. But down through the ages, men have, have looked, haven't they? Men have looked for that day when Christ would come. Look for those various um, signs, as Matt was saying earlier. Look for that. Look uh, to Matthew. Look uh, to, to Isaiah. Look to Daniel. Look to all of those scriptures. Looking for that sign when it would come. When that last time would be there. But we continue on in our life keeping those things that, are, that have been taught. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not, uh, they would not doubt. Uh, uh, no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might have made manifest that they were not um, all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One. And you know uh, all things. It is interesting uh, that we... We have a baptism, and we have uh, essentially an anointing. We have uh, so much that God has given us in this life. And, and everyone that, that has come to God, who has been called of God, has this. But you have an unction. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. And I have not written to you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. It, it seems like in this society today, more and more are, are coming to atheism. And I've never quite understand that. Because you can prove God exists by the very things that, are, that, that exist. You can prove that God exists. And so coming to... to uh, Coming to a better understanding of God through his scriptures is very important. But to become an atheist, to live an, uh, where you have uh, no understanding of God or just hate God or have anything that has to do with that, uh, to me, uh, is, is Antichrist. It truly is. And it's becoming more and more prevalent in our society. And young people are being... What do I word do I want to use? Uh, of being perverted in, in many ways to believe this. He, whosoever denies the Son, the same as not the Father. Um, he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let there therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. That which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you. You also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. It's interesting in, in our all, all of our lives, I think there's a, 
the, the time in which we, we are, God opens our mind, opens our thinking, and, and reveals certain things to us through his spirit. And, and so consequently, we become alive and understanding God's word. And the more you study and the more you think about God and the more you keep his, his truth, his, his ways, every year keeping the Passover, keeping the days of un, uh, unleavened bread, as they picture progressively into the kingdom of God. And they all have a part in strengthening our spiritual life. He says, um, and this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. Even eternal life. What, what, would we, what kind of things should we give up so that we would have eternal life? Oh, we should give up all the worldly things that we might have eternal life and follow Jesus Christ in every way. Let him guide and lead us. These things have I written to you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So something very important that John says is abiding in him, abiding in Christ, continuing our life abiding in Christ. And again, he says, and now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And if you know that he is, um, that he is righteous, you know uh, that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Chapter 3, verse 1. Sometimes I read that and I think, he's taken this poor flesh and given us such a tremendous uh, future. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. And very, very few of us that really have been, even in this day and age, with millions and millions of people all over the world, there's so very few of us that really comprehend. And I am sure that we don't completely in all comprehend everything, but there are certain things that we have been given privy to, and this is one of them. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. That's one of the greatest understandings that we have. That we can be called the sons of God and that we can have a future in the kingdom forever and ever in that kingdom as his sons and daughters in that kingdom. Beloved, now we are we uh, the sons of God, uh, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, I want that day. I, I hope everyone that's listening to me today wants that day, 
wants to meet Jesus Christ in his glory. Like that transfiguration that was revealed, <clears throat> that very short transfiguration that was revealed um, to, the, to, to those very few disciples. <laughs> that transfiguration that was revealed. That day is going to come when we're going to be standing there and we're going to realize we are there doing the same thing. We are glorified and we're going to be able to see Jesus in his glorified state. And the Father, we'll be able to be going before the Father and seeing that glory. All of that we will be able to be a, a part of. And I, I hope those who are listening today will really want to be a part of that. Really want to, to be in that day when we will see Jesus as he is in his glory. Because today, as flesh and blood, it says in the scriptures, we could not look upon God and not just melt away. I mean, it, it is that... He is that powerful. He is that um, more, um, as he shines as the sun in his full glory, we would just melt away. He says, um, and every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So we see that very, very basic thing. Uh, whenever somebody says, what is sin? Well, you can go <laughs> to 1 John uh, 3 and verse 4 and it says, well, sin is the transgression of the law. That's, and, the, and it's just lawlessness. Uh, you're, you're, you're going against God's law. You're going against what God has commanded. And you're doing uh, things that are, are lawless. And you know that he has manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. So we, when we approach God, when we approach God and Jesus Christ, we approach uh, beings that are truly pure. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess white is a, is a is a purity. So we'll be clothed in white raiment, but they shine with purity. That's that's how it, how I picture. They shine with this purity. They shine. Uh, without, uh, there is no sin, and there will be no sin in the kingdom. We will, we will overcome those things. We will overcome the physical problems, and the and the, the physical desires and the physical um, sinning that we have, because we will be like Him. Whosoever abides in Him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen Him, neither known Him. Now again, He says, "Little children, let no man deceive you." He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And I want to... I some people struggle a little bit in their life, and maybe they struggle a lot. And, they, and some people even think that they are being... Uh, ruled over or possessed or have problems with Satan and, and the demons. But I, I, want to, I, I want to emphasize this scripture here. I think this is one of the most important scriptures. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the devil has no rulership over you. It, he just can't. He that commits sin is of the devil, of the, for the devil's sin from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
So when that spirit dwells in you and is a part of you, and Christ is dwelling in you, and the Father is dwelling in you through the Holy Spirit, the devil has no authority over you. And if you have a a spirit that might be affecting you, you can rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and believe that they fear that name. Literally. (laughs) They, They look forward to the day of judgment in fear and in trepidation. I, you know, I don't understand all the things that are in God's Word about that particular part of it. But I do know that when Jesus walked this earth, the, the demons feared Jesus Christ. And they feared Him greatly. And so, consequently, we can take that and we can be very strong with Christ. Uh, let's go to verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither is he that loves not his brother. Verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. That we should love one another. Not as Cain, it was of the wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew him, he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death to life, because we love the brethren. And he loves not his brother, he abides in death. For those of you who cannot look and see the empty seats, um, that does bother me, because I do like to have the brethren here. And there's a couple, three brethren here. But I like to have, and I would love to see us fill this church with brethren. Because how much, how important it is that everyone understands these truths and are looking forward to the kingdom of God. And we are all walking together, walking together into that kingdom, walking together to become sons of God in the kingdom of God. And so when we're all together and we all have that love of one another, that means that we're all wanting to have a place and a part in that kingdom. Those of you that are watching, I hope you desire to have a part in the kingdom of God and be there in the kingdom. Um, So whosoever hates his brother is murderer, and, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And so I had already read that, what Jesus said about hating the brother, and I, I probably got a little early on that, but I think you can remember the, that he, he says he, that it, it's in the heart. It's where it starts. And then it begins to, to come out uh, into some physical action. And it seems like that there's so much hatred and things that are going on in the society today, and we need to worry that we need to pray to the God that we are not affected by that. Hereby perceive we that we love God because he laid down his life for us. Verse 16. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has, uh, whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need, shuts up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwells the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but indeed in truth. And so we, 
wherever we see a need, if we can, if we can help people, it is important to do that. And hereby we know that we are uh, of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, uh, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing to him in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ, love one another, and, and as he gave us commandment. And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the Spirit which he has given us. So all those that have been baptized, all of those that have God's Holy Spirit, these are the words that are for us. And these are the words that we prepare for the Passover. We prepare for the days of unleavened bread. We prepare for those days. In chapter 4, and I'm going to finish up in chapter 4 just real quickly here. That'll be the last chapter. Um, I won't go to, to the last chapter. But I, want to, I did want to go through chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. I mean, <laughs> the internet is full of stuff. and You can get all kinds of things on the internet. And so we need to be very careful what we hear, what we listen to, and... I'm afraid in some, some instances, uh, people take advantage of what um, the, the religion can be a religion without understanding the truth. And you can, um, you can go and you can hear different doctrinal things that really are against, and even maybe even um, separate you from God because of the things that they're saying. So you have to be very careful, and especially if you have God's Spirit dwelling in you, the, the Word of God is, is, is your true source. And understanding the Word of God is the true source. Hereby know, we, uh, know you, the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard of, that it should come and even now is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's another one that we really should take to heart. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, Satan has the, you know, the prince of the power of the air. He can broadcast all kinds of Weird, strange things. And people in the world can do strange things that are not biblical at all. And we can see the results of that. But with the Spirit of God that dwells in you, Jesus Christ that dwells in us, we are led and directed by that Spirit and the Word of God that is His Word. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is of God hears not us. Hereby we know that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. 
He that loves not knows not God. For God is love. If you want to look at you know, God, the things that are God is, the main thing, God is love. In this was manifest that the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that He may live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So I've come around to that very verse. Herein is love. This is important to understand, brother. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be that atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is, you know, these words are so profound. And, and if we could really inculcate them and, and understand that they're abiding in us and we're abiding with, with them and we're a part of, of what God's plan for each and every one of us has for every one of us. And we're a part of that. And one of these days we're going to be in that kingdom. And we can believe what God says in His Word. We will be strengthened spiritually. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And so we, this, this next coming year, as, as we're trying, uh, I think, I know part of this is because we, uh, we're responsible um, to do the right thing uh, as far as the government is concerned. But in, in a way, I, I really feel uh, we're being separated from the brethren. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that this, is, this will change. Because this is one of the things that the Bible teaches us, uh, is to have um, a relationship one with another. And those that, that want to come and be with us. So, uh, we ought to also love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And for those of us who have been baptized and had our hands laid on them, prayed for that spirit to be given, this is a, this is a very profound verse. He has given us his Holy Spirit. He has given us his spirit to, to direct us, guide us, lead us, uh, help our minds to understand what's going on and we can pray that. What's happening, Father? We want to know. Why, why is this happening? And, and I think God will reveal things or, and he will take care, of, um, take care of us. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And I confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he is my Savior. We all can save that. We have known and believed the love that God is, uh, has to us. God is love. So John likes to, to re repeat that. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein, herein is, is love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. So, I want all of our brethren to understand that 
many things come into the world. Many things happen. Many trials and tribulations. But not to fear. Not really. With Christ in us and Christ directing our lives and things that are coming up, uh, we, we, don't, we should not fear. The, these words are for us today. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. Um, it's almost a punishment, a penalty to be fearful of things. To, to fear something. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have, I give, have, have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. For one final scripture, I want to turn to the last words. And I'm not sure whether these are exactly the last words to his disciples, but in the Bible it seems that they are. The last words in John the, 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 uh, chapter 17, and beginning in verse 20, just these few words before they went out, and Jesus was um, betrayed by Judas Iscariot, and then taken, and, and beaten, and, and all of the things that happened to him, and then crucified. But these are beautiful words that he left for us also to, and to, to have. And I'm just breaking in to all the thoughts that we always read on, the, on that night on Passover, where we, we go through 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And I'm just, I just want to read these final words here. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through your word. So Jesus was leaving them and helping us to understand that in his position and what he was doing and what he was praying for was for them and generations to come. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory which you gave me I, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect. Now that word perfect is complete, in one. And that the world may know that you, have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, that they may uh, may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared unto them my name, and will declare it, uh, thy name, uh, your name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we come before you and we finish this um, service today, we just ask that those things that um, we've read today and that Matt has read today, that we will take to heart. Uh, 
They are words right out of, out of your truth, right out of your word. Um, and your son Jesus knew John. And, and I know that both of you look forward to the day when, when all of us will be in that kingdom. All of your children, your little children, as John called us, the little children, even us older people, even, even 80s, 90s, 100s, oh, to you and to Jesus, we're just children. And especially if we have the Spirit that dwells in us and we're guided by your Spirit. We truly are your little children. And, and, and we need that abiding Spirit that dwells in us. And so as we have finished up today, we also ask, uh, we're also asking you to help us to understand what's going on in the world prophetically wise, but just even the things that are just happening in our, um, around us and families of this, this virus, please give us understanding so that we can understand. But not in fear. We know that. We, we are not the fear. We're, we don't want to be tormented with fear. We have your Holy Spirit. Uh, we know your plan. We know that these things eventually will pass. And so let us go on uh, with you abiding in us and we abiding in you and let us um, be comforted with the words that we have read today and be guided by those words and be strengthened by those words. And Father, we just we come before you as your little children and we pray that you will take care of us. We ask, Father, also for all of the ones that have been uh, that are uh, sick uh, and needing healing uh, that your will be done with them. We know that that's that's an important thing, that your will in their life. Um, but we just ask, Father, for their healing. We put them before your very throne. We put them as petitions to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. And, Father, at this time as we um, end this service, be, be with all of the brethren uh, around the world. Uh, many brethren uh, and many that profess the name of Christ have 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 many trials and many tribulations, and I know you know that. And so I just ask that you help, encourage, and strengthen all of us in these times of trial and tribulation. We do this through your Son, Jesus Christ. He is our advocate. He's our high priest. He is, uh, uh, what do I want to say, the most wonderful um, elder brother who was was willing to sacrifice his life, not just for those who were around him at that day, but for all that would come and be called down through the ages and in the kingdom, so many that will be called in the kingdom and in that great white throne judgment, so many that will be called because of your great plan for all of mankind. And so we leave today and we just ask that you bless uh, this week, take care of us, be with us. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.